。喂，你今日饮咗未啊？饮 orange juice， 青红萝卜猪骨汤 ，coffee or tea or me？ 饮橙汁，不如试下饮 coffee bubble tea 啦。Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Bubble Tea. Today, I have here with me as our regular co-host Samson, and we have Liz and John from Wonder Pens here with us again. In addition, they have their youngest, five-month-old Junia,、um, joining. So you might hear her babble from time <gasps> to time. <laughs> Today, we dive. In a little deeper to learn about Liz and John's personal history, some values from their family of origins, some of the challenges they've may have encountered when telling their parents what they've decided to do, and how they're raising their own children as Chinese Canadians. If you haven't checked out their earlier episode where John talks about their stationery store Wonder Pens, feel free to give that one a listen first if you wanted a bit more context. So, Liz and John. I feel like you guys took the road less traveled. You'd been set up for comfortable, maybe lucrative careers as a teacher and a banker, and then you chose to do something else. How has that been for you?、Uh, I think it's been a, a really interesting journey for us.、Um, we've we've had a lot of different opportunities that I don't think we ever thought we would have.、Um, taking the road less traveled, and. I think for both of us, like not really coming from entrepreneurial families,、um, my family,、um, everyone was was in banking. Everyone sort of tr- took the traditional route,、um, and、uh, Liz's parents,、uh, uh, her dad's an engineer, and and her mom's a teacher. So、uh, I think when we told them that we were going to start a, a business,、mm-hmm. um, it was it was a real.、Uh, uh, Eye opener for them to sort of see what what needed to be done and、uh, what came from it. Yeah.、Uh, yes. I mean, to piggyback off of that, I think our families were shocked and、um, confused and baffled, and like the whole notion that we were specifically going into the fountain pen business was, I think, a bit.、Um, I think they had all used fountain pens growing up, and so to go back and and now be selling fountain pens seemed <laughs> archaic, and like they had very little context for whether or not there were. And we also didn't have great context ourselves, but there was very little sort of peripheral idea of whether or not this was a sustainable business idea,、um, and. Coming from very stable careers, I think that was,、um, I think that was a real sticking point for them. Like, what it wasn't even a sort of a, a well calculated risk; it was a risk to go off into selling stationery. Yeah, can you share a bit about what navigating those conversations with your families was like?、Um, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't too. Crazy right off the bat, I think because I was a teacher, and so I took a year off. But I was guaranteed a job after the year,、right. so it wasn't like I was just quitting cold turkey. And it was sort of okay. Well, Liz will take a year, and then and then we had a baby, and I think that spiced things up even more. <laughs> and John took a year.、Um, he took maternity leave, paternity, parental leave. 
And then I guess the wheels came off the wagon and nobody went back to work. Right. Yeah. 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 I think I, I think like even three years or four years into this, um, I, I, I don't think my parents like still quite believed that I was going to be doing this mm. or, or, or we were both going to be doing this full time. They were, they were still sort of asking, uh, when, when are you going to be going back to, to your real job? <laughs> um, and I, and I think like, like, like we joke about it still like to this, to this day, like 10, 10 years into this, that they're still sort of waiting for, for, for me to go back into banking. I think for, for, for me and Liz, like we, I can speak to it that, um, I've, I, I've always sort of wanted to start a business and I think my, my, my parents saw that. So they sort of understood the rationale behind it and, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think there's always this ongoing joke that we were we were eventually going to go back to our to our quote unquote real real jobs at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to picture. So, uh, are your parents? Uh, are you guys parents immigrants? Were they born here? How long have they been here? Uh, yeah. So my so my dad is uh, from Hong Kong, um, and, and actually I'm 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 only half Filipino. I mean, half, half Chinese, sorry, I should say. Um, so I'm, I'm also half Filipino uh, and, and my mom is Filipino. Um, and uh, they both emigrated from Hong Kong, uh, which is actually where I was born. Um, I was born in Hong Kong and I moved here when I was one. So they, so they do, both of them very much have a immigrant mentality. I, I guess uh, there has been like a lot of uh, g- like generational uh, challenges to like sort of understand, stand each other sometimes. But uh, yeah, like I've, I've always basically considered myself being, being born in Canada because I moved here when I was so young. Um, my parents were both immigrants as well. Um, and they both had very stable, insecure, like very traditional. So my dad was an engineer and my mom is a teacher who moved up the ladder in education. Um, And I think because I worked so hard to get a job in teaching at the time, um, it was extremely challenging to get a job in the TDSB. And like I had a job and I was getting seniority. So it was like, what are you doing? Where are you going back? And it was almost lucky that we had the baby because then I stayed on the payroll and I was still earning seniority. so, like, I think actually my parents were more okay with it than Caleb, than John's. I don't know. I don't know what you think, John. I think my parents were like, she could always go back to teaching and it's always going to be a stable job. Whereas John's job, like the field is moving very fast. And if you're, if you're out of it, for a year, it's hard to jump back into project management in the same way, like networking and knowing that the projects are going on. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. And I, and I still feel that to some extent uh, at, at, at this stage, like uh, if, if, if something ever happened to, to wonder pens, what, what, what I would do, but uh, my, my parents, um, I, I guess like the boring answer is, is that they never sort of outright confronted me about any of the decisions I, I made. So it's just a bit of a cop-out, um, but they did have, uh, ev- like, like, even though I'm only half Chinese, they, they, they had the very stereotypical um, idea that, oh yeah, I was going to be like a banker or, or, or a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Um, unfortunately, I never had the grades in school to ever become, uh, uh, to, to sort of move into any other professional field, um, or to pursue school any farther. Um, but I always had, uh, 
a pretty decent business mind, or at least I, I was always that that was always my my interest. Um, so I think they 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 saw that. Um, but it, it was it was always uh, difficult because I'm I'm the youngest of the family. My my brother sort of went on the more traditional path. He 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 became a banker and and they live in a big house and they and they and they have their kids and family and all that kind of stuff. So um, it it was a little bit of a uh, unusual path for us to take. Um, but, but now in retrospect, now that our business has been around for such a long time, uh, I think it's, 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 it's interesting for our, for our parents to sort of say, Hey, you guys, you guys have this business. And John's parents have also actually been very supportive. Like after the initial multi-year shock, like after the, I think they thought I had bewitched him because it was like, you married a unionized teacher and and now you're quitting your job to sell fab depends. Like after that initial shock, they they like they're very supportive in, in the sense of like offering concrete practical support. You know, when the pandemic hit, they're always referring John's business to their friends. And sometimes it's a bit like vague. Uh, like their understanding of what exactly our business is to this day, but you know, like they, they actually have been very supportive. So I will say that after that um, transition period to what seemed like it wasn't going to be financially viable for many years um, after having the kids and after sort of establishing the business a little bit, I think they came around. Wow. Right, John. Do you agree? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I, I think to some extent they finally came around because they, they also had, <laughs> had no choice, choice about it. Um, but I guess that's, that's the thing about, uh, about being in business. Like, uh, like, like there's no sort of middle ground, either you're, you're, you're sort of really proud and, and, and it's a real, it's, it's really, um, it's a really big achievement to have made it and be able to, 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 to employ staff and keep them employed and, and, and support your family. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you just sort of don't, don't make it. There's, there's only like two, two, two things you can do. Whereas in, in other fields, you can sort of, um, as long as you're working in that field, um, you are that thing that you are. <laughs> so I, I wanted to follow up, John, earlier, you had mentioned that, you know, you always felt like you wanted to start a business. Where did that feeling come from, and like what what nurtured it? I I actually don't don't know the question to that. Um, I I remember when when I was a kid, I I would always have these entrepreneurial ideas. Um, I used to, uh, for instance, uh, buy. Uh, actually, no, my my mom would actually give give me these um, these these like one liter pop pop jugs like really really unhealthy for me but I, I i used to drink a lot of pop uh so she used to pack it during my lunch and i would sell them on on the playground for like uh, 70 cents to a dollar uh, <laughs> and i would i would i would get all this money like like every day i would save it i put in my piggy bank mm-hmm. and my mom would ask me like where are you getting all this money from and it's, <laughs> i I'm, I'm actually selling selling this stuff um and and i always had this like really like i loved as crazy as it sounds, like I like I loved like just earning earning money, finding different ways to get money. Um, I I remember I sold sold knives uh, through what, on reflection, is probably a Ponzi scheme. Uh, but I sold <laughs> knives uh, when I was um, in in high school, and I and I went online, and 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 when the internet was just sort of flourishing, um, I had different uh, sort of online ideas and uh, blogs and stuff when when I was a kid. So I I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. 
I, I don't know where, where it came from, to be perfectly honest. Uh, my mom did have a, a business when I was growing up, so she worked in different fields, but she was never super, I would never have called her an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur or a businesswoman because she did eventually just end up uh, working working at a bank. And that's where she ended her career. But for me, I, I've always loved taking risks and I've always loved earning money. And it wasn't necessarily to have the money to buy like really fancy things or anything. I just liked the challenge of having a business and building something. Wow. Really cool. So you both have three kids together. What are your hopes for them in terms of understanding their Chinese Canadian heritage? And, you know, as an addendum to that question, what skills, values, and stories would you say are important for you to pass on to them? Yeah, this, uh, this is something that uh, Liz and I talk about quite often. Um, and I, I think the, the older that we've gotten and the farther along we have gotten into parenthood, the more we've reflected upon this. Um, I don't think so. So for me personally, I, I don't know about Liz, but I never thought about uh, what it meant to be uh, a Chinese Canadian when I was when I was a kid. Um, for me, I I mostly tried to to ignore that fact or, or sort of escape it when I was a kid. It, it, it wasn't very cool to be Chinese when <laughs> when I was a kid, and it is getting getting a bit cooler now. But um, I I would hope that uh, we are able to to pass on. Uh, some of our heritage to to the kids is very important for us. Uh, so we're taking steps to uh, try to t- teach them about um, the, the the different holidays there are, um, uh, a little bit of language language skills, and uh, just sort of just sort of exposing them to to everything. I mean, for sure, it's been a real struggle and a real like something we've invested a lot of time and emotional energy into um, finding our path and our ways to ingrain them. Ingrain is not the right word. Like just spread, have a family aura of Chinese-ness. And I think we've actually, um, along the way, we sort of found um, a comfortable path in, in the understanding that we are like as a third culture, like blending what we are able to from their Chinese heritage and who we are as second generation or third generation Canadian, Chinese, Chinese Canadian immigrants, like understanding that, like me, myself coming to peace with the fact that, you know, when we celebrate Chinese New Year, it's not totally authentic. We're going to try our best and we're going to explain to the kids that we're trying our best and we're going to have bubble tea or we're going to have, like, we're going to celebrate. And, and that's going to be part of our family culture and that's going to be part of who they are. And like the best that we can do as imperfect humans and as imperfect parents is just telling them that there's way more out there and that like giving them as much of a foundation as possible so that if they're interested, hopefully they're interested and able to pursue a little bit more of whatever it is. Like Caleb and Naomi are both learning Mandarin, which like that was a real struggle for me because I'm Cantonese and my Cantonese is terrible. But it was just so impossible in Toronto to to give them any sort of comprehensive foundation in Cantonese. Like we just sort of took what we could get, which sounds terrible <laughs> as a parent. But now here we are. It's just like like growing up. My parents were Chinese. They are Chinese and they're immigrants. But 
we didn't really, we, I grew up in a white town. I was the only Asian kid in my, in my class, in my school with my brother. We didn't celebrate the moon festival or we like, we didn't celebrate all those holidays. For me, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just like, I'm, we're reading the books and the stories and we're buying the moon cake and we're talking about the moon cake. But, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I've come to peace a little bit with the fact that their Chinese heritage is is like a real melange of of life in Toronto as we are right now. Yeah, I I I would also say that there's there's some aspect also of I I think for me personally also like just be, uh, having them be proud of being being Chinese and like like being like just just really proud like I am I am Chinese and um and I do celebrate these things and I. And I eat this food, which looks a bit different than yours, and uh, might smell a bit different, but uh, is 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 very tasty. And just sort of being proud of all of those those different aspects of uh, who who they are. Um, and and again, just just coming back to my childhood, like I very much tried to escape that when I when when I was a kid. So I don't want the same things for for them. It's sort of coming back full full circle to uh, bring bring this culture to them. Well, the first question was about. Whether uh, your your families, how did they ex- uh, receive the news of uh, changing career and so on? So at the same time, when we talk about this heritage, I also I was also imagining uh, did they try to hold on to these festival much? So what kind of uh, what kind of childhood or, or family traditions did you guys experience? Yeah, my dad uh, was really interested in showing us these traditions when I was a kid. He he was really really into them, and he was uh, he was always pushing us to to celebrate. Even even to this day, like he's 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 asking me um, how how we're celebrating with with the kids and and if we're doing it properly, even. Um, so he he just wants to make sure that we are we are we are transferring this this over to to our kids. Uh, and again, like it just just for me personally, like I. I did not grow up grow, grow up in a white town, but I grew up in in, in a school that was pre- predominantly white, and uh, there were, there were only a handful of Asian kids. And uh, for me, I, I I resisted to learn more about these these different types of things when I was growing up. But he he pushed really hard to to do it, um, and I regret now as as an adult that I that, that I was so, so resistant against it. So um, I think our goal is to make sure that everything that that we do is is positive and um we we really show how how important heritage is for us one of the things i think liz has mentioned in her blog on wonder pens is that your kids are growing up as shop kids like they're involved in the business (laughs) um can you share about what that's like for them how they're involved what do you think that's doing for their identity and and what their hopes and expectations are for their own lives yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, I think, in addition to them being shop kids, uh, it's it's also that Liz, Liz, and I are both in this business. So it's like our entire family is is in this business and uh, are part of the identity of of our business. So um, it's it's interesting because you you asked if you could name Junia in in the beginning of this podcast, and 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 I think our immediate answer is yes, of course, because we have our kids um, so embedded into the social media and fabric of our business. We also talk about this, like being what it means to be a shop kid. For instance, we, we have this big event coming up uh, at the end of October. It's called Scriptus. It's, it's a Toronto pen show and it hasn't been held in a few years, but, uh, 
pre-pandemic it's been held every year it's where all the shops come and and uh it, it's a big it's a big event where where everyone comes to to show their wares their pen wares and 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 meet customers and do all of these different things and our kids have been coming to this uh every every single year since they were since they were babies oh, wow. uh, growing up and it, it's a really busy day and that's true of even when we were a bit younger in this business and we were going in seven days a week working seven days a week um our kids would come in on the weekends instead of instead of going to the park they would be coming and playing with each other uh, in the shop learning how to or pretending how to use the till and how to count <laughs> money and how to restock stuff like Liz is very good at assigning roles to restock and um, like uh, label different things clean up sweep the shop and this is how their sort of weekends and after hours have been like this is normal for them that on the weekends, we're going to be going into the shop, and that's actually exciting for them. They they actually ask why we're not going to the shop sometimes now uh, if we haven't been in a while. Wow. Uh, so it is very very interesting, um, like like what it means for them to be be part be part of the family, like helping helping us earn 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 a living, also like being being part of that piece to to help us and help 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 the business, help the family, help help our staff. Um, like, like we're all part of it. And it's also sort of like this weird cultural circle. A lot of immigrants have family or where their whole family is involved in like running a convenience store or a restaurant or a laundromat. Um, and so like our kids are like, it's the same thing. Like Caleb's doing his homework at the pen counter, his clothes, and then he's like sweeping up or breaking down boxes. Um, and so like, that's sort of like an interesting cultural circle as well that I, like, I personally love, like, I love that our shop and our, like our shop downstairs is closed, but once upon a time, our kids were involved in our shop downstairs. Um, and so now we all go to the shop, um, across town together, but like, I think it is something that is a familiar trope for a lot of immigrant families where the whole, like they open a business because that's what they know and the whole family's involved in. We're talking about uh, maybe our parents' generation. Many of them do uh, small businesses, whether in Hong Kong or where, as immigrants, they open, you know, grocery stores, uh, restaurants and so on. And they really push us to do I mean, our generation to get a really good job, to be part of big corporations, stable and, and have stable holidays and so on. Places that we now realize can be very impersonal. And then there you are with your, your story, Wonderpan, and uh, bringing this, this very personal, very hardworking, you put all your hearts into a business and so on. And actually, there seem to be more more people of our generation doing that, uh, wanting to do our own stuff to build to build a place. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I sorry. I I might not have uh, caught the question there. It's not really a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like my my dad's family, like my dad's parents, had a big store in Hong Kong, and they mm. they immigrated to Canada. But this was part, like, my dad said he grew up in the store and, like, he had lots of stories. And this was part of why he was really ambivalent. He was really encouraging, mm. but he was really ambivalent about shop life. Like, yeah. losing your kids in the store, having your kids help out in the store. It wasn't that he was ambivalent about the kids helping out because I think he was more ambivalent when we first opened before we had kids. But he, he I think he understood 
the financial insecurity that comes with owning a store. And like they sold their store, his parents, and then immigrated to Canada. So like, I, I, I totally know what you mean by like the experience of running a small business is very, you're on the waves of, of, it's not even like recessions, it's recessions, but it's even seasonal. It's, it's a slog. It's, it's a lot of hours with not always um, an equivalent financial return on how many hours you put in. And I agree that there's so many Asian, Asians, Chinese, like, but there's lots of young people or our generation who are opening these businesses. And we feel really lucky that our business is a little bit more sustainable than like right at the beginning, or, you know, a lot of small businesses start off as side hustles and they don't quite take off or they're, Mm. they're sustainable as a side hustle to invest some time in, but they're not. So we, we're really lucky that it's come as far as it has. Liz, I remember you telling me about one, one book that your family treasures. And I was wondering if you could share that with our listeners, the five year. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we have a five-year journal. We've been actually keeping it a long time. Um, and this is like our second iteration of it. And you write a few lines a day, um, every, every day. And then the next year you write it again. So like October 1st, 2020, October 1st, 2021, October 1st. And it like, this is family treasures for our family, both because they mark holidays. Like, okay, we see, what the kids dressed up as for Halloween two years ago and last year and this year. And also we, we do mark some milestones for the kids, but the milestones aren't even what are the most important. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. So this is Caleb's first day of school, but he's going to start school no matter what. It doesn't really matter if it was the sixth or the fifth or the eighth or the 10th. Um, but we, we mark, shop life like shop events like things that happen in the shop we mark family stuff like if there was something really crazy that happened or something really weird that Naomi said um and and like I see this all the time if there was ever a fire like we have um like so much stuff that we love like so many pens and stationery and things that we love but this would be the one thing that I would take out with us because it is like with all the digital photos, like we could eventually recover them. Probably we would never actually sift through all the photos and put them out again. But like these memories of our family are so treasured for us. And I like, I think this is, this is what like Caleb as the eldest is going to be caretaker of when we're going to tell Caleb he's in charge. Yeah. Thank you. Like I thought it was just such a nice way to keep track of your family's growth together over time. And yeah, when you open it and read it again, like little bits at a time to your kids, the remember when, and, and it's there, it's there for you. Yes. They, they love it. They love when like I'm filling it out and we read old entries and like silly things that happened or like they got in a big fight over this or, you know, we went out for ice, we skipped school and went out for ice cream or whatever it was. So finally, if you have any advice to offer our listeners on breaking out of the well-established pathways planned by our well-meaning parents, what advice would you offer? Oh, gosh. Um, 
I, I I would say the only thing you <laughs> you you should focus on is taking action to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there, there's no other way to do it other than just taking action. It's it it, it has to be like a band aid and you have to pull it off. <laughs> and uh, but but I feel like if you have a real passion and and a dream to do something, um, you you should pursue it. Um, and and I know Samson mentioned um, that. This is also like Liz has mentioned that it's it's a bit of a cultural thing, and Simpson has mentioned it's it's uh, now a generational thing where a lot of people are moving towards um, opening a business. So uh, I, I would say at at the very least, I I think it it is coming now that it's becoming much more um, normal actually to to venture out on your own and to start a new business. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you should try. You should try if you have the means, um, and, and to do it. Just to add to that, I feel like, like if your parents love you, like and I don't, I don't, I don't mean that facetiously. Like I really, like I really mean, like if your parents love you, they'll come around. Like if your parents want the best for you, and if your parents love you, and you have a good relationship with them, or you want to have a good relationship with them, or you like your family is. Like John's family came around. Like they, I I think they had a tough time with it because they had seen how much success you could have taking the traditional route. Like not just like the safe route. Their traditional route was extremely successful financially. And this was part of their frustration was that John had it laid out for him. Like he had the network, like he had his brother, he had his brother's network, like he had everything laid out for him. And instead he was going to, you know, follow this airy fairy person off into the land of stationary. Um, I think that was part of the frustration, but I think your family just wants the best for you. Um, That's not to say you should just forge on into the darkness, but it's to say that if you really want to do something and you, and you really are willing to put the hours in and you're willing to work hard and you're willing to take the risk, like you should only be so lucky to have a family who will be there for you. So um, your adventure, your adventure is only as good as you make it. Yeah. I, I would also add, add to that. Like we, we also talk about um, Caleb and, and Naomi and Junio. Uh, people ask us all the time, whether, we, we would be happy with them to join the business. We always think about that. And uh, obviously we would love for them to, now, now coming back <laughs> full circle, to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, astronaut or something, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, but uh, yeah, for sure. Like we, we would always support, uh, we, like now coming from this side and seeing this point of view, uh, we, we, we would always support them to do whatever that they wanted to pursue to the best of their abilities, as long as we're doing it to the best of their abilities. Um, that's, that's the most that we can ask for. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I hope your kids get a chance to hear this when they're like old enough to kind of grasp it, but it's so beautiful. Just what you've established for them and what your hopes are for them and how you're working together to create this wonderful life together. And so I I really admire uh, what you've done, how you live. And I feel like it takes such courage to try something different and you are making it happen successfully. So thanks again for sharing so openly with us and our listeners. And again, for our listeners in Toronto, if you get the chance, I encourage you to visit Wonder Pens at 52 Clinton Street. And for those of you further away, check out wonderpens.ca for their store and Liz's awesome blog. Wow, thanks so much for having us. We're so touched that you're even interested in our story. 
<laughs> no, it's yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. And I think, uh, listen, John wouldn't disagree. Uh, if you're not in Toronto, uh, go look for local stationery shop as well. There are so enjoy. many stationery shops yeah. opening. I totally agree. Yeah. Liz, Liz still checks out every stationery shop that we pass by. So yeah, definitely 100%. Check, check them yeah. out. So to our listeners, thanks again for listening to our podcast. I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening to Liz and John chat about their story and to hear Junia's babbles, uh, which I thought were so adorable. Uh, tune in next time for another episode of Coffee Bubble Tea. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.